We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to the Bear Report podcast, the preseason week one podcast for the Chicago Bears. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of BearReport.com. Here today with Bears insider Aaron Lemming, who is back in California. How is the weather treating you? It is uh, treating me poorly because it's always hot here. It's just, I've about had enough. But the good news is the humidity has gone away, so my cooler actually works now. So that's a plus. Yeah, well, you know... Looking on the bright side, I like it. Um, weather here is absolutely beautiful. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but uh, yeah, it's it's gorgeous here in Chicago right now. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Chicago Bears who have their first preseason contest tomorrow night against the Denver Broncos. First time we're going to see this team live action tackling at Soldier Field in front of a live crowd. You saw them at training camp, you know, general expectation. Before we get into details, general expectations for what we're going to see tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a better showing than what happened last year, especially during the first preseason game. But I, I really think, you know, a lot of people are putting focus on the starters and stuff like that. I don't think we're going to see the starters for that much. I think a lot of this is going to be depth, a lot about the rookies, and a lot about how the bottom of the roster is going to shake out, which is the exciting part for me. So that's... That's kind of my general expectations. I don't really have high expectations, but I do expect them to look better than they did last year in preseason. Well, I actually think that we might see the starters a little bit longer, uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball than maybe we we would have the uh, seasons in the past with Jay Cutler out there and you know kind of knowing what you have. But I think with the quarterback situation with Mike Lennon, 
Uh, he can use all the reps that he, he can get. And I, I mean, the same could be said for Sanchez and Trubisky. So I think they're going to do their best to get everybody, uh, you know, their fair share. But I think Glennon, you know, I think we're looking at least a quarter for the for the starting offense. And uh, just an opportunity for them to all get out there and, and get those reps. They just that they've never been out there in a live situation with this quarterback, with this receiver group. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look like the offensive line is going to be at full draw. And, we'll, again, we'll talk, we'll talk about that. But I, I think you're right. I think that it's going to be a good look at the, at the second and third string guys. And I, I, that's great for me. I, I mean, I, we'll, we'll see what the Bears have in the starting group uh, when the regular season comes around. But uh, particularly in the third preseason game, we'll get a good look at them. But I, I'm really interested in a lot of these back second, third tier guys. And uh, we'll talk about them too. But uh, I, I wanted to start off this uh this podcast and on a on a somber note because uh your guy your guy andy phillips he he didn't make it and uh you know did, did you did you want to say anything or, or is it is it still too early it's it's early but you know i've, I've got a got a uh you know have a little bit of memory of him i i'm a, I'm a little bummed and not just for just for the sake that it's just you know Andy Phillips, but at the same time, I man, I really wanted to see a kicking competition. When was the last time we got to see a cool kicking competition? But I, I think he's going to get another shot uh, somewhere, hopefully, uh, to you know keep in touch with him or you know whatever works. But it it's definitely disappointing for him. I mean, I think anybody who comes into camp, you kind of have high expectations, and I know there's been a few other guys that got cut, but uh, Andy Phillips is my boy, so of course I got to speak on that a little bit. But you know, it, it's definitely a bummer. But he's a he's he's done a lot in his life, and uh, he doesn't really seem too uh, you know too defeated about it. So I think he'll he'll be all right. Yeah, you know, it, it is disappointing because I don't think anybody has, has a ton of faith in Connor Barth, but uh, obviously Phillips just didn't show enough. It, you know, and really the, for the amount of practices that I've seen, I haven't I I, I I never got a really good opportunity to see him kick. Just a few times when they were uh, uh, kicking off to the side, it wasn't like they ever had a real uh, competition uh, between him and Barth that uh, you know in front of the entire team or anything like that. So uh, obviously they feel good with Barth, and I, I think Barth played fairly well after that. He, you know, a rough start first month of the season there, but he 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 was pretty good down the stretch, and I think uh, you know they feel comfortable with him. And now that he's got another year. Uh, playing at Soldier Field, understanding the winds at Soldier Field, and how to kick uh, in in a, uh, a stadium like that, where, where the conditions can change week to week, um, I think that that helps him. And uh, you know, a guy like Phillips just obviously wasn't ready to go. But yeah, I feel bad for you. I know he was your guy, and uh, maybe maybe uh, if Counter Barth gets hurt, maybe uh, maybe he'll be back. We'll see. So moving on into this first preseason game the bears had to put out their uh, first uh, official unofficial depth chart and uh not a whole lot of surprises here this looks like like we were talking about it before the podcast it looks like something that they put out or put together a few months ago and uh, just now decided to put it out there to the public and uh any anything on here that surprised you at all well i'm I'll, i'm gonna kick it off i i'm very surprised that jeremy langford who hasn't practiced yet with the team the entire off season uh, is still listed as the number two running back i mean i really think there's a really strong chance that langford is not going to make the team this year especially if he doesn't get healthy uh soon and uh, you look at it, Benny Cunningham has special teams value. 
Uh, Tariq Cohen, we'll talk about him. I think he's going to be a huge part of this offense this year. And Kareem Carey, is, if you go back historically, he's always been a beast in the preseason. That's how he's been able to, to hang on to his roster spot because uh, he always comes out there and runs over the second and third team uh, defense that he faces. So uh, I don't know. I, is this, uh, like you said, are we just looking at this as something that they put together two weeks ago, or, or, or is there a little bit of you know de- deception going on in, in in what they're what they're see here in this running back group? I, you know, I I wouldn't put anything past John Fox, but what I will say is I would have gotten just as much if they would have just taken uh, the depth chart from last year's first preseason game and put it out for this year. I, I just you look at it and it's it's just silly things like you look at the all the rookies. It's like according to this depth chart, all these rookies are going to get cut. So this might be the worst draft class in the history of draft classes if we're going off of this depth chart. But ultimately, we're not because we know the games. We know who's done what. Obviously, I don't think we can really say that. But we know, you know, we know who's been playing where. Obviously, you a little bit better than I because you've been there for the last week. So ultimately, it's uh, I don't know. I, I think people are going to kind of laugh. I know a lot of people haven't been to practice. Uh, so they haven't really got to see what's going on, but I think uh, people are going to kind of get a better idea tomorrow when some of these guys, you know, some of these uh, some of these guys on the second team are floating around with whoever, and some of the guys on the fourth team are floating around with another team. It's just it's going to be chaos tomorrow for anybody who believes this depth chart. Well, I, I will say that uh, you're right. There is going to be a lot of rotating. I think the Bears are going to give a lot of different guys different looks with different units and. Uh, that's especially going to be the case along the defensive line and also wide receiver. I expect a lot of rotation as well. Uh, but I do think that what we, we're looking at here uh, with the depth chart is basically the the, uh, the the bones of what they've used throughout training camp. I don't see anything here that is uh, overly misleading. Um, I, w- I would say that Craven LeBlanc being the third string guy, uh, that's not happening right now. I think he's definitely ahead of Kyle Fuller on the depth chart, but right, he's probably right there along with Bryce Callahan uh, looking at uh, potentially a starting spot either at the nickel or boundary spot. Both Callahan and LeBlanc have played at both positions, so they both have that versatility, and Marcus Cooper is still struggling uh, to recover from the hamstring. Uh, he's been slowly been working back into, into practice, but we haven't really seen a lot of Marcus Cooper since the first, I believe, week of OTAs. And Craven LeBlanc uh, yesterday was making plays left and right on the field. Callahan's got an ankle injury. We may not see him tomorrow either. So I think LeBlanc is really in a good opportunity to, uh, you know, or is going to have a good opportunity to, to go out there and, and get a lot of reps with the first team and make some plays. Uh, the same is going to be said for Kyle Fuller. And, uh, you know, obviously you and I have talked about Kyle Fuller a lot. Kyle Fuller's not making a lot of plays in practice now. LeBlanc is. So I don't, I don't expect that to change in the game. But, hey, this is going to be one of those games where Kyle Fuller is probably going to get a lot of first team reps probably going to you know that's going to bleed into the second team I think they want to see what they have in him and force him to you know earn earn a roster spot so I, I think that at least in the secondary right there that's those are a couple of guys I'm really interested in looking at and also don't uh, sleep on BW Webb who uh, you know it might be a guy who if Fuller does fail he might be able to sneak in there for a roster spot as well I definitely think the secondary is going to be interesting because one of the things that stood out to me on the depth chart was that uh, Eddie Jackson's somehow a, a fourth-team player. I don't really know how that even matches up. But uh, I think him and Adrian Amos and I guess you could say Deion Bush, I think those guys are going to be very interesting to watch battle because I don't think it's going to take much for a guy like Eddie Jackson to step in and start 
playing with the first team, let's say week two or week three of preseason. I just there's 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 at least in my mind, and maybe I'm being a little bit overly optimistic because the season's coming. But I think there's a lot more talent on this roster than people are giving credit for. There's a lot of unproven talent, but I think there is a lot of talent here. Uh, you know, maybe obviously not playoff caliber, but I, th- I think there's a lot more than in the last two years. And I think John Fox has kind of echoed that as well. So, I mean, you can kind of look, I mean, you pointed out receiver, even tight end. I mean, you've got uh, Deion Sims, you've got Zach Miller, you've got uh, Adam Shaheen, Daniel Brown, Ben Boniker. I mean, there's so many different combinations of guys that they're going to have to get into these games. Now, what I will say is, uh, especially if you're a bottom of the roster guy like I am. I don't know why I am, but I am. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing to remember is the first game and the fourth game are kind of the most important games for some of these guys. So maybe a, a you know a, a, a Gentry or even somebody like Trubisky to be able to move up the move up the depth chart. I mean, th- this is going to be big games for them because this is probably the most snaps that they're going to see with their respected second, third, whatever, fifth teams, whatever teams they're going to be on. Uh, so, I mean, if you've got a guy at the bottom roster you're rooting for, then you better hope he has a really good game week one because that could uh, lead to more playing time. You know, and I think that applies specifically to the position that you brought up first, uh, safety, because I think when you're looking at the safety position right now, you typically keep four, potentially five, if that fifth guy has a lot of uh, special teams value. Uh, but you Demps, Amos, Eddie Jackson, those are, are guys who are guaranteed roster spots at this point. So then you're looking at Dion Bush, who's going to have to earn a roster spot. Bush got some starting time last year, but I don't think anything's going to be handed to him at this point. Jones Torrey and Przinsky both have better special teams value. Then you throw in Houston Carson and DeAndre Hall, who's the tallest of them all and might have the most playmaker. I mean, if DeAndre Hall goes out there and with the third team and picks up, picks off two passes, you know, three over the course of the, the preseason, are you going to cut him? I, I, I mean, that's another that's another former draft pick, just like Bush. So, I, you know, I think there's a major competition that's going to be going on at that safety position, well beyond that starting group, especially in the second and third team. And I do think that uh, when you look at this depth chart, that is a little, a little deceiving to see Chris Przinsky two steps above of Eddie Jackson because Eddie Jackson has been getting starting reps. Uh, in, in practice, rotating with Adrian Amos and uh, a, a little bit of Deion Bush too. But uh, yeah, Eddie Jackson uh, is right up there. And I think Eddie Jackson is, has a really great shot. If he comes out there and shows the playmaking ability that he's shown in practice, uh, that sideline to sideline free safety ability uh, and, and, is, and the way that he tracks balls, uh, I really I really think that he's got an opportunity to end up with, it, with that second starting spot along alongside Demps. And I think one I, I don't know if we talked about this on the last podcast or not, but John Fox brought up a good point about Jackson's uh, ability to track the ball and how that uh, is aided in his uh, experience as a punt returner. And I think Eddie Jackson is the most natural-looking uh, player on the team when it comes to fielding punts and kickoffs. I think Eddie Jackson is going to start right away as the punt returner and or the kick returner and really has an opportunity if he makes some plays in, in, the, in, in the preseason to, to earn that starting spot at safety. I've, I've been really impressed with him, and he's a very smart kid, and, he's, and, and you can tell he's come from a program uh, like Alabama uh, the, where, he, where he's been taught the right way to do things, and I think he had, that's impressed the coaches. And I, I, have, I have high expectations for Jackson, so very positive there in terms of a rookie. Uh, let's move on. Outside linebacker position, uh, obviously led by Leonard Floyd. Uh, I don't think the Bears are going to put uh, him at a lot of risk. I don't think he's going to see a ton of uh, snaps, probably a series or two for Floyd. But I, I think that 
what he's shown during the tr- during training camp leads me to believe that he's going to take the next step as long as he can stay healthy. He's shown outstanding burst, and there was a two two play series uh, when they were doing one on one drills during training camp on Tuesday when um, Floyd uh, was going up against uh, Bradley Soul. And I know that I know that that's not the, you know he's not facing one of the best in the business, but uh, the first play went right around the corner uh, with a, used a little head fake inside and then snuck around the corner, duck a shoulder around. Next play worked up the outside shoulder and did a spin move and had like the crowd on their feet so i I really think that floyd uh, feels much more comfortable with where he's at now and i I have high expectations for him but uh outside of floyd who's who's the guy you're looking at uh at this outside linebacker group to show you something in this game you know i don't know if it's so much uh about one player so much as his entire position and and why i say that is because you look at what the Bears have right now, and going into camp, I think there was a little bit of optimism because the depth is pretty decent when you look at the names. I mean, you got Leonard Floyd, Pernell McPhee, uh, Lamar Houston, and Willie Young. But here's the issue is the fact that Pernell McPhee just had an e-scope, what, a week ago, and we have no clue what he's going to do. you got Lamar Houston, who is coming off an ACL uh, tear for the second time in his career, and he's somebody who really hasn't been doing any team drills or, you know, seven on seven, whatever. Uh, so here's my concern is that you've got a guy like Leonard Floyd who can be very good. And I expect a breakout year from him. But he's also somebody who has been somewhat injury prone, at least in his rookie year. And then you've got a guy like Willie Young. So outside of that, if you're looking at maybe not relying on McPhee, let's just say he starts on the pup or whatever it may be. And Lamar Houston's going to take a little bit to come back. Who is going to be that next guy that steps up? I mean, Sam Ocho is not really a pass rusher. Dan Scuda. Uh, I mean, outside of that, they get a few undrafted uh, undrafted rookies there. But other than that, I, I just I think the 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 danger of their depth at the position as far as pass rusher, especially outside linebacker, uh, I think there's a high risk there. And I I guess what I'm going to be looking for is I don't think Houston probably won't play. Uh, but I guess what I'm looking for is maybe one of those those rookies, those undrafted rookies, or maybe either uh, Ocho or, or Scooter to really show something. Because if you're talking, let's just say, you know, week one starts and you're going to have uh, Lamar Houston maybe available for a little bit, but it's going to be mainly Willie Young and uh, Leonard Floyd. And it's like, who else outside of that do you have? You're There's a good chance between even maybe a Christian Jones. I mean, there's a good chance that uh, somebody outside of McPhee or Houston's going to have to step up and play a role in the first few weeks of the season. So I guess... If I'm looking for one guy, it's got to be somebody that's going to step up, that's going to be able to provide that depth as either a fourth or fifth outside linebacker, depending yeah. on what happens with uh, McPhee. Yeah, no, that's a good point, and it's unfortunate because I think we, like you said, we all trying to know what Sam Macho is, uh, more of a run defender, hasn't really shown anything as a pass rusher. <clears throat> pass rusher, sorry, the last couple of seasons. The the problem is I haven't seen a whole lot of out of Dan Struda uh, during training camp, especially one on one drills. Just looks overmatched every time he gets he gets up on the line. Isaiah Irving and Hendrick Ekpe are the uh, the other two undrafted guys who have an opportunity. I think those are two guys, like you said, two guys to watch there because I don't have high expectations for Struda or Acho. And I think that's a good opportunity that Lamar Houston, even if he's healthy to start, 
week one or to start the regular season, I don't think he's going to be 100% and he's going to be able to get out there for full-time reps. So, yeah, I think there is going to be uh, – it's probably going to come down to a situation where you're either going to play Sam Macho on third down or one of these other guys, Isaiah Irving or Hendrick Ekbe, are going to step up and, and, and potentially show something in this game. It would be great for the Bears if they did, but uh, I haven't seen them do much in training camp, unfortunately. But, hey, uh, you know what, what they do in training camp is nowhere near as important as the, as the, as the film they're going to put out there uh, this Thursday against the Broncos. So if either of those guys can come out and make a splash, they'll be somebody that, uh, worth watching going forward. Now, let's move on to the inside linebacker position. Uh, and I think there's a couple of things to watch here, even though I don't see, I don't think Jarrell Freeman is going to see much playing time. Obviously, Danny Trevathan uh, still not uh, back yet. Trevathan is dressed in practice, but uh, has not been doing any teamwork and is really just uh, trying to be a, a spectator. So I, I don't think we're going to see either of the starters out there very much. I, I want to see Nick Kwiatkowski in coverage. I think this is something you and I have talked about throughout uh, the off season, and I want to I want to see if he's developed at all in that area. Because if he hasn't, I think they're going to end up having to rotate hit with him and Christian Jones. I think that's the plan going forward right now, unless Kwiatkowski comes out there, lines up one-on-one with a tight end and running back and makes a couple of plays. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure it's going to happen, but uh, it would be a great start for the former fourth-rounder. Fourth Alternatively, if Christian Jones is out there, I'd like to see him show a little bit more uh, power at the point of attack and a little bit more, more physicality between the tackles and, uh, you know, prove that he can be out there for a three-down drive, but, uh, linebacker because if Trevathan misses time, I'm looking for that guy who can be the three-down guy. And I, I, I hate the idea of a rotation because if you get the wrong guy out there and they run right at Christian Jones, then, you know, you've, you put yourself at a disadvantage. So, uh, you know, and that not only applies to Kwiatkowski or Jones, but can John Timu show a little bit more in coverage? Can Jonathan Anderson be a little bit more stout at the point of attack? Um, you know, these, I think this is a, another situation where, like you said, one of these guys is going to have to step up and fill the spot for Trevathan for a while. And can anybody do it and show it in this in this preseason game? Oh, I agree. I, I think Kwiatkowski is kind of one of those guys that the development with him is going to be big because he. I thought he showed a decent amount last year, but the biggest issue is he's just not very good in coverage. And I, I saw a little bit from him, and and I want to go back to a point that you made. Uh, not too long ago, and that's the fact that I, I think we put a lot of stock into these training camp practices when we're living in the moment, and ultimately outside of the, I'd say, you know, the, the little bit of positioning that they're able to, you know, these players are able to get themselves going into preseason, uh, preseason film is going to trump anything that they really do in practice, so I, I think that's a big key moving forward for a lot of fans to remember uh, these four games mean a lot for a lot of the roster. And I, I think that's that, that's got to be the main focus from here on out. I mean, you know, camp's only got a few days left anyway. But, you know, regardless of what these dudes do in camp, like Tanner Gentry, if he comes out and doesn't do anything in preseason, it's not going to matter. So it, that's just kind of a side, you know, side thought there. But, yeah, I agree with the inside linebackers. I think Trevathan – I mean, cool, he's, he's come out and he's not going to be on the puck, which I think is a little bit of a gamble in itself just because, I mean, if he wasn't going to be ready, then you might as well have kept him on the puck for a little bit and had that option, uh, you know, come week one if they wanted to use that. But at the same time, I think Kwiatkowski and Christian Jones, another guy that they value a little bit more than I thought they would. I mean, they gave him, what, a $1.5 million deal, and a decent amount of that was guaranteed. So it's obvious that they feel strongly about him, plus he has some versatility to play outside linebacker in a pass-rushing role. Not quite as good, um, but I, I think they're decently set there. I think Timu and Anderson, I think you got Timu who really doesn't know how to cover anybody, and then you got Anderson who 
I'd say uh, is a little bit better in coverage, but I think you could kind of use either one of those guys, and you know, it's not really going to be that big of a deal. But as long as Freeman's healthy, I think whoever's on the other side of him uh, will benefit from having him over there. It's just a matter of keeping Freeman healthy until Trevathan's ready to go. Yeah, that's a really good point about Freeman staying healthy and on the field. And throughout his career, he's been able to stay healthy. I don't think he's missed more than a couple of games due to health reasons. He's, the suspension last year was uh, uh, the most time he's ever missed in a season. So, yeah, having him out there for 16 games is going to be huge. One guy to pay attention to when the, when the third string has come out there is Alex Sears. Uh, undrafted free agent, a little <clears throat> undersized, but man, the kid can move, and uh, he's shown some sideline to sideline to speed and, and some coverage ability too. So pay attention to him uh, when he's out there. I believe he's number forty-five. Moving on, defensive line. I think we're trying to know what uh, we have with Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman. Uh, you know, I don't think we're going to see either of those guys play too much. Uh, but a couple of guys behind them, really, really interested to see. Jay Howard, first opportunity to see him in live action. We haven't seen him a whole lot. Uh, didn't do a whole lot of work with the team during the off season, but has really turned it on the last couple of weeks in, in practice. And I want to see if he's going to be able to transfer that over the field as well. This this step chart shows John Jenkins as the backup nose tackle, but Capron Lewis Moore has been getting um, far more reps at that at that second team spot and cj wilson has been rotating in there too i think jenkins has been uh actually been used uh, as much at five technique as he has at nose tackle and also as nose tackle with the third third team so a lot of rotation there going along going along uh, at that backup uh, defensive line spot and i think outside you know you're looking at the at, at hicks goldman howard and bullard and then I, I think there's opportunities for one of the two of those guys, or at least one of them, to overtake Mitch Unrein. And then that leaves another spot open as well. So Capron Lewis Moore, Rashad Coward, C.J. Wilson, John Jenkins, all those, even and another guy, Roy Robertson Harris, we can't leave him out. I think all those guys, they come out and show something in, the, in these preseason games. They're going to earn the spot. This is when it happens. I think they're all right there at the, in that same bunch. None of those guys have really stood out. I would say if anybody's made the most plays, it would be Lewis Moore. Uh, but, uh, you know, those guys are uh, uh, right there in the running. So it's going to be really interesting to see if anybody steps up in those second and third uh, uh, when those second and third teams are out there. But, again, don't sleep on Jonathan Bullard. I really want to see if my guy can go out there and make a few plays because, as you know, he's my uh, breakout player of the year. Well, you know, I, I think you uh, bring up a good point. But first, I think we all need to sit down and just – recognize the overall change uh, that the Bears defensive line has gone over uh, in the last two years. I mean, we go from having, uh, man, Jenkins, I, I'm drawing a blank on his, his first name right now, the guy that was there two years ago, uh, that he was their best, you know, best defensive lineman in 2015 when they made this switch. And they really didn't have much, you know, they didn't really know what they had in Goldman because he was a rookie and that, you know, they had Ray McDonald that obviously didn't even get to, to preseason. And now you look at this depth chart, and you've got Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, and, uh, I mean, take your pick between Unrein, Bollard, or Howard. I mean, and I think that's really what I'm going to be watching for, those last three names, because you have, at least in my mind, you have uh, Unrein, who I think is kind of a coach's favorite, but he's not really anything special, you know, kind of that veteran guy. But then you got Jonathan Bollard, who... Obviously, you've been very high on, and I was very impressed with uh, my time there at camp getting to watch him. And then Jay Howard. I mean, Jay Howard is the guy that signed a two-year, $8 million deal one year ago with Kansas City, and the Bears were hard in after him. He was uh, one of the, I wouldn't say big-name free agents, but he was one of the more sought-after uh, second-tier free agents, I would say. 
So I, I mean, there's just so much, uh, there's so much depth there. And then obviously, you know, Roy Robertson Harris, uh, you know, and, and uh, Rashad Cower and all the other names there. So I think that's going to be something to watch because the Bears can go a multitude of different ways when you look at, uh, you know, what they can do, especially with the depth. I mean, a guy like Unrine obviously has some, uh, some veteran presence, some veteran value, uh, not really a big pass rusher, but he's a steady guy. Or do they take somebody like a coward who's a you know undrafted free agent? Or do they go with somebody like uh, Roy Robertson Harris? I mean, do they they do they risk letting him you know go on the practice squad and another team claiming him? So I think there's going to be a lot of movement, especially I think that the bulk of the talent on defense really comes from this defensive line, and it, it's going to be very fun to watch at least for me because I, I keep looking at the depth chart and it's like man that's that's a very very deep uh, group of players there. And I think there's, you know, we, we just talked about outside of linebacker and how there could be depth issues there for a little bit, depending on what happens with McPhee and what happens with Houston. But then you look at this defensive line and there's some, there's some pure pass rushers in there. Uh, and I, and I think, uh, you know, especially getting Goldman back, hopefully he's healthy that they're able to be stout against the run. Obviously that would be the first step, but be able to generate a good pass rush and, you know, maybe help some of these guys out like a Dan Scooter or a Sam Otter be able to get to the quarterback or simply get to the quarterback themselves. So I think that's going to be the key to the Bears defense right there. And I think it's going to be very, very fun watching, especially the, the, the back end of that depth chart. Uh, you know, who's going to be that, the, you know, the, the third, fourth, fifth and maybe sixth defensive ends. We already know who the first are, the defensive linemen. We already know who the first two defensive guys are going to be. But who are going to be those last, uh, you know, three to four guys? And that's what I'm very excited to see develop over these next few weeks are you excited to watch the defensive line as much as you are to watch the quarterbacks when they get out there specifically mitch trubisky that that was my transition to the offensive side of the ball by the way um what do you think we're gonna see out of i mean you you saw mike lennon you saw sanchez i mean i can talk about them all day but what are your expectations for these guys against what you know should be fairly good competition in a Denver Broncos defense. Well, you know, I I don't think anything is going to compare to the excitement uh, that I'm going to see with Trubisky and the quarterbacks as a whole. So, uh, man, I I don't know what to expect this first game because I have such high expectations, and maybe it's because. I feel like and it's going to sound dumb to quite a few people, but I feel like I, I latched myself onto the Trubisky train so early. And I feel like, you know, with the Bears finally taking somebody that I want to see them take, and most importantly, the quarterback position, I almost feel like I drafted the guy. So it's like every single time he steps on the field, anytime he makes, uh, you know, a, you know, a move, it's like I'm watching this guy hoping that it's the right move. And I think really what I'm hoping for is just from the development factor. I think, you know, a lot of people talk about him sitting on the bench for a year or not sitting on the bench for a year. And I think a lot of the development that we're going to see from Trubisky is going to come over these next four games. I think he's more of a game guy than he's a practice guy, not to say that he's been awful practice, but I just mean I think he's going to gain a lot more in live action preseason uh, than he's going to gain from practices. Now, with that being said, my biggest concern with Trubisky is that 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 third string offense line, man. I, I don't know. I know when I was there, and I've seen a few things since, and maybe you can confirm this, uh, Trubisky runs for his life a lot behind that third offensive line, and I don't know how long you can stick him behind an offensive line like that and receivers that struggle getting open or whatever it may be uh, before it starts tampering with his development. So I, I think the Bears are towing a very fine line here. I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong yet, but 
I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle this quarterback situation as a whole, but especially with Trubisky. I mean, okay, cool. Glennon's a starter. I get that. But at you know, if, if Trubisky starts out playing uh, Sanchez or looks like he's ready to take the next step on the depth chart, I think the Bears need to make that move. And to be fair, this isn't the first time that Aaron has told me that he thinks that Trubisky has horrible talent around him. It was something that I, mean, I think you mentioned a couple times about how you didn't like that he had to throw to Titus Davis the entire time while he was there. But uh, remember, when he's out there, he will be facing the uh, Broncos third-team defense, so it's not like he'll be facing a bunch of starters out there. And if he is uh, first-round you know, talent, he, that will show. And I think if the offensive line is an issue, that is an opportunity for Dow Loggins to get Trubisky on the run. And I think anybody who hasn't seen this kid throw on the run uh, is going to be really excited when they actually does. I think he actually throws better on the run than he does in the pocket or at least dropping back and using a five-step drop. I mean, the kid is, is something else on the run. So if you need to, if you need to throw out you know, six out of eight plays are, are bootlegs, uh, do it because he can he can be successful in that role. And I think you know it's an opportunity for him to come out there and prove that he not only uh, belongs on the team and, and, and can do it at this NFL level, get his feet wet, uh, get it, let him build a little confidence if he can. But if he does go out there and say he plays well over the next two weeks, I think that uh, earns him an opportunity to potentially play with the second team in that third or fourth preseason game and get and get those reps where he's playing uh, with better teammates, with a better offensive line, which you know he probably does deserve at this point. Uh, but I, I also think it's important to get Mark Sanchez some reps out there too. So I, I, you know, I, I, it's important for them to split those guys up, make sure that all three of the quarterbacks are ready to go. Because depending on how the scenarios go, at any point in the season, any one of them could be out there. So uh, you know, I, I'm I'm just as interested to see what. Sanchez, I'm just Sanchez does it just as much interested to see what Lennon does with all those quarterbacks, and not only that 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 quarterback group, but the receivers, and if any of these guys are really going to be able to step up, um, and you know, and, and the guy Kevin White, I think you would think that hey, you know, Kevin White. Uh, Cameron Meredith probably not going to get a lot of reps now I think they're probably going to be out there for a little while and like I said before there has been a heavy rotation with these wide receivers where guys are working with both the first and second teams and then that second tier is switching between the second and third team so I think there's an opportunity or there's the potential uh, to see Kevin White with the second team see Cameron Meredith with the second team and just get them out there with different units different groups different looks and see what they can do because I mean this is a new passing attack uh, when you, th- I mean, it's not a brand new passing attack, but when you put a new quarterback out there, the, those reps are just as meaningful for the wide receivers as they are for the quarterback. So, is Kevin White going to be able to go out there and make a play, make maybe, maybe possibly win a fifty-fifty ball? Something I haven't really seen him do all, all of training camp. I think Kevin White looks great. Uh, running up the field when he, he he's he's able to get open he finds soft spots in the zone i think kevin white has really flashes in in uh in in practice at times and i think that he has grown as a receiver uh, but i would like to see him play a little bit more physical i think he's a little tentative out there when the ball's in the air and he he needs to get over that and i think this is an opportunity for him to make a few plays uh, let his body take those hits and reaffirm that he can, you know, he can handle the the uh, the, the rigors of playing in the NFL and, and get over maybe some of that fear that he has, and then he can just start playing because I have seen some flashes out of Kevin White that have me excited for him, but I do think that he still needs to take that next step. So I think it's the first opportunity for a guy like Kevin White to to, to go out there and uh, you know and really really move up and and excel, accelerate his game, but also it's another, you know, I, who else is really going to step up in this group? I mean, we talked you know about uh, you know the, the 
the outside linebacker position, but this is another one. The wide, who else is going to be there? There's an opportunity, you know, wider Meredith go down. Marcus Wheaton has already hasn't had an appendectomy. Kendall Wright doesn't look great. I mean, are, are we are, are we just riding the Tanner Gentry train at this point? And you know, is anybody else really gonna really gonna do it? I mean, who's your guy other than Gentry? Oh man, you just had to say other than Gentry, huh? You know, I, I, <laughs> you know, and I, I was a little hard on the signing at first, but seeing seeing Victor Cruz actually, he he surprised me. I yeah. think he's got a little bit left. I'm not going to say he's some dude that they should sign for three or four years after this year, and he's going to be a big part of their, you know, their immediate future. But I think he's somebody who can provide a nice safety valve, and I think he's a can be a five, six hundred yard, maybe seven hundred yard type receiver. Uh, so I, I really, I mean, you kind of named you, you named a lot of them, and I think there's, I think the biggest thing to remember right now, uh, and I think it's a really good point about what you brought up with White and Meredith is the fact that last year, Cameron Meredith is on the roster bubble. I mean, this is a guy that a lot of that really nobody was talking about going into preseason whatsoever, and I think a lot of people had actually had him, you know, to be, you know, projected to be cut or you know land on the practice squad this time last year. So. I know a lot of people look at uh, look at these guys and they say, okay, well, these are going to be your top receivers, but uh, you know, this is a brand new set of quarterbacks they got in there. It's uh, you know, and you got a lot of receivers who don't have experience. You know, Kevin White pretty much, I mean, sat out his whole entire first year. He had a you know, last year was his first training camp, so I think getting him some reps, and then obviously with Cameron Meredith, he's going into his third year, but this is his first time stepping into a big role. And I, I, like you said, I think uh, the the biggest thing is who's going to step up after these guys. And Tanner Gentry is an obvious name. Uh, I think Victor Cruz is probably my guy to say, okay, you know, this is somebody who's going to be a reliable target. I don't think he has a high ceiling because he's already what 31 years old and he's a vet coming off, uh, you know, a few injuries and stuff like that. But you know, and and also who who's Kendall Wright? Are we going to see a Kendall Wright that we saw when he was drafted the same year Alshon Jeffrey was before Alshon Jeffrey? Or is this going to be somebody who's just completely done? And the reason that he didn't really get many snaps last year in a, in a Tennessee team that really played pretty well. Yeah, and I think that also applies to uh, some of the advantage guys, like uh, you know the the star of training camp 2016, Daniel Braverman. I expect him to probably come out there and pull a you know outshine Gentry and do what he always does and plays great in the. Uh, in the preseason but uh yeah i think this is an opportunity josh bellamy still out there has an opportunity uh you know Kendall Wright, if he can make a make a play who knows uh but i i haven't seen it out of him so yeah it really interested to see if it's if it's just going to be gentry on the back end who makes plays and, and will gentry be able to transfer over what he did uh during training camp uh with that with that receiver group a lot to watch there not a ton of time left, but we want to talk about this tight end group and a little bit about the offensive line. Uh, at tight end, I, I think we know what we, we we have in Zach Miller. I don't expect him to play a whole lot. Uh, I don't. I, I I'm interested to see Deion Sims as a blocker. I think he's probably going to get a, a couple series with the first team, and I want to see him block. I mean, there's you get conflicting reports about Sims. Everybody you talk to says that he's one of the better run blockers in the NFL at the tight end position. But uh, you know, a site like Pro Football Focus says he's one of the worst. And you know, so so where's where's the disconnect there? Who who who's off? So I'm really interested to see if he's going to come out there and push guys around, push guys around on the edge. And obviously, I want to see Shaheen and, and see what he's going to be able to do. Finally, get him out on the field and see if what he's been able to do on the practice field throughout 
rookie minicamp, OTAs, veteran minicamp, and again, training camp. I mean, it's just been a steady progression for Shaheen. Is that just going to continue to build here as we get into uh, the competition against uh, somebody else other than the, his teammates? So uh, really interested to see him. And But also Daniel Brown and, and Ben Broniker and even Michael Pruitt. This is a very deep tight end position. And I, I think that obviously Sims, Miller, and Shaheen are, are right at the top there. But if, if there's a, you know, an opportunity to get another tight end out there, there's enough talent, at least with Brown and Broniker, where they're going to really give it a consideration. And also don't don't uh, sleep on the fact that both Brown and Broniker are both in two different special team, first team special teams units. So that is always a sig- uh, signifier of, of players who have a, a potential, uh, you know, a front runner for one of those late round uh, spots on the final 53 man roster. So if one of those guys comes up and makes a few plays, all of a sudden they are in a roster spot too. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I'm almost excited to see the tight end position as I am to see the wide receiver position. Yeah, I think the tight end is going to be interesting. Obviously, keep this short, but I think the biggest thing that I'm going to be watching for all preseason, but especially in this game, is can a guy, you know, guys like Broniker and Daniel Brown, or Broniker and you know uh, Pruitt, whoever it may be, the 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 two out of the three young guys, can they give the Bears a big enough reason to keep those two over? Let's say a Zach Miller. I mean, I, I'm not saying it'll happen, but. I think the Bears have a lot of different options here. Obviously, uh, you know, you got your two guys that are going to be locked in with Shaheen and with Sims. But there's a lot to learn on that backside. And, I mean, another impressive move by Pace, being able to go out and really, I mean, this this tight end position as a whole last year was not good at all. And there's a lot of talent there now. So I'm, it's going to be very fun to watch uh, watch that battle as a whole, especially on the back end. Agreed. Let's uh, finish this off with the offensive line, and I don't expect Kyle Long or Josh Sitton to play tomorrow. I think that's going to give an opportunity for us to take a look at uh, Taylor Boggs, who is for some reason listed as the third team center on this depth chart. He has not been, I mean, he has been working in that role, but he's also been one of the primary uh, backups to Josh Sitton at that right guard spot. And, uh, you know, I want to see. I want to see what you know. If he's, you know, that's a guy that started a couple, couple games for the Cardinals last year. Has he improved enough to earn a roster spot over a guy like Corona Strasu, who uh, coming off that, coming back uh, for the first opportunity, we're going to get to see him since he uh, tore his ACL. I mean, is he get? You know, he was a guy who was uh, playing well at this point last year before the injury. We were talking up Corona Strasu a lot about how he had the potential to play like a starter. How they were going to have all these options along the interior because he was, uh, you know, developing at a rapid pace. Um, has that all drawn by the wayside? And is he do, is he going to have to start over? Are we going to see the Ronas Grassu that we saw as a rookie who was getting run over? I mean, I'm really interested to see what he's going to bring to the table. Also, Jordan Morgan, the fifth-round uh, pick who has done nothing in training camp, is he going to finally show up and, and try and earn a, a roster spot? And then the, the swing the swing tackle spot. Uh, I think that's a that's open competition right now. Bradley Soul, Tom Compton, uh, Diego Joseph. I think if any of those guys can come out and really lock down the edge, that's going to give them an opportunity to earn that spot. I don't think any of the starting jobs are up for grabs here when we're talking about the offensive line, but I think pretty much every backup spot is uh, you know out there for the taking, and that's going to start here with this first preseason game. Yeah, I think you covered it pretty well. Uh, really, the only thing I'm going to be watching for with the offensive line outside of the swing tackle Who's going to replace Eric Cush? I think that was a big loss for them, uh, but something that they can overcome. I mean, they have the depth. You said Grasso, uh, Boggs, uh, you know, Jordan Morgan. Where is he at? I haven't. I, I didn't see. I 
completely forgot about Morgan. So that's that's pretty much what I'm be watching for. I think the offensive line's pretty straightforward. Starters are there. Who's going to be backups? Yep. Also, don't forget about Will Poles. I think uh, the, the loss of Cush opened the door for Poles, no, nobody's talking about, but... Uh, he, he, he pushes people around along the interior, so I think he really has an opportunity. If they decide that uh, Grassu can't play uh, guard, if they don't like Cody Whitehair at guard, and they, they don't feel good about Boggs, I mean, that's a lot of, a lot of ifs there. But uh, I think Pauls has an opportunity to come out, and if he starts mauling people, I think he's going to be in the conversation for that swing guard spot as we move into that final into the final cups there. So that's it, guys. I think we've covered every spot outside of uh, special teams, which we covered a little bit. Uh, punt, punt return, kick return, very interested to see how that's going to go. If anybody can come out there uh, and, and make a play as a punt or a kick returner, I think that's going to put them up at the top of the list, at least going forward. And I think they're going to try and get a lot of guys out there. They've been, they've been rotating a bunch of guys uh, at those return spots, so I think uh, we're probably going to see a different guy out there every time uh, there's a there's an opportunity to return a kick. So uh, see if anybody that out there can take advantage of that. That's it, guys. We've covered it all. I'm really excited for this preseason game. I, I, it's been a long time since we've seen some some real football, uh, real football going on right now as we are recording this podcast, the uh, uh, first game of the season. And uh, you said it wasn't looking good before the start of the uh, the podcast. Yeah, it looked like uh, Tom Savage wasn't looking overly good. But to be completely honest with you, uh, Deshaun Watson hasn't looked very good either. So it's, I mean, it's Carolina's up uh, 17-10. Looks like it's about to go in half right now. So we'll see. Well, well and it, you know, it, it's the first preseason game, and I and I would I would uh, stress that upon Bears fans as well, uh, p- particularly when it comes to Mitch Trubisky. This is a rookie, guys, and remember, uh, uh, just a couple weeks ago, he couldn't even take a snap under center. So. You, you, expect him to make some mistakes and it's not going to be the end of the world when he does he's going to throw some picks guys he's not going to look great at every snap uh throughout the preseason especially in this first contest he's going to have nerves he's he's probably going to fumble a snap i mean it it is what it is but it doesn't mean that he's a first round bust i think this is a long process with trubisky this is the first step toward that but i also at the other end i think you're going to see him make a couple of plays that is probably going to get you excited but First preseason game. Let's not overreact at anything that he does, or really anything that uh, you know the entire team does, whether it's a blowout or a win. Uh, let's just take this as the first step. We'll move forward, and we'll talk about it more in next week's podcast. So please give Aaron a follow on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. Follow me on Twitter at Bear Report. Uh, follow all our coverage. Uh, at our Bear Report Facebook page, as well as bearreport.com. You can come talk to us at the Bear Report message boards every single day. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. That's it, guys. We'll be back next week talking about the first preseason game and wrapping up training camp. Talk to them. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. 
They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 